parting ways with an anxious traveler, Marin and her companions headed for Lonborn on their own. But in the pine forests, they came under attack in a violent case of mistaken identity. Who are the real culprits that have set the busy folk of Lonborn on their heels? Can Marin help ease the people's minds? Welcome back to Blood Gold. Marin, you and the others have joined with a witch's pine forager and his sword lark um, who had previously mistaken you for the being that attacked his sword lark. And after working through the misunderstanding and having Akreya heal this wounded sword lark, you demanded that this forager put you up for the evening correct and he he agreed to that and as the as this group starts heading towards uh the town of lawnborn he introduces himself as baston and his sword lark villain and he kind of reiterates how sorry he is that he attacked you uh, but you know just covered in mud like you are and it was in the dark and he didn't expect to be seeing anybody out in the woods and really i i'm really sorry but you have to understand it, it was an honest mistake when you qualify an apology it's no longer an apology mm. dead-eyed in his face no other expression uh, uh, okay right uh, yeah okay and pretty soon, he, he's just kind of like looking down at the ground as, as he continues walking. And pretty soon, y'all pass uh, out of the pine forest to the, the low stone wall that separates the town of Lawnborn from the woods. And Lawnborn is a large town. It's bigger than the last two villages that you've been in. There's um, a lot of chimney stacks that are billowing smoke. You can hear the sound of uh, lumber mills running, people chopping wood, uh, um, wood being split and cut and carved and torn. And on the north end of town, you can see this huge conical pine tree rising uh, out of the town, um, taller than any of the buildings its branches kind of thick and lush with green needles. And Baston kind of gestures to you as, as you guys approach the gates and they, they swing open and he starts taking you along the edge of town. Of course he does. Yeah. He attacked me. So of course he does. <laughs> and eventually you wind up at his house and his home is a small cabin on the edge of town it's it's near this this low wall and um it's just like a it's a small cabin with a um a woodshed attached to one side and like a lean-to for his sword lark and there is another stable 
Um, and he goes, well, this is, uh, this is my cabin. Are you sure you don't want me to, I, I mean, I could, I, I'd be happy to put you up at the inn if, if you'd prefer. And he says, kind of like looking at the two kobolds. No, we're fine. Oh, all, all right. Okay. Well, um, all right. And I guess he just goes, he goes to the front door and he opens the door uh, and he goes, make yourself at home. I think I, um, after Marin was like, no, we're good. She immediately started walking Osmer over to the stable. Mm. This is not the swanky stable that I promised Osmer, but I'm hoping he won't remember. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Um, and so I start dressing him down i should learn stable terms i unhitch him and like get Mm him antler naked and rub him down i don't know what people do when they put animals did you say get him antler naked yeah like take off his stuff he's got like saddlebags and stuff like take all that stuff off get him antler naked and then like don't they don't they rub horses down like they brush them they do yes so i do that i guess are you hanging the saddlebags off his antlers no then why? Okay. All right. I'm not going to ask any more questions. Um. <laughs> Just getting him naked. Okay. And he's, oh, I said antler. I meant antelope. Or whatever the fuck he is. What is he? Antelope. I said antler. I meant antelope. I didn't mean antelope. Um, and yeah, actually, I guess Bastin um, carries Willem over to the, over to the stable as well. And he he starts doing the same thing, and he I, I think he's like checking over Villem. He's like looking at Villem's feathers that got torn out, and checking Villem's claws. And he goes, "Uh, so I, I I'm sorry. Uh, why were y'all out in the woods?" That feels like a question you don't need the answer to. Uh, well, you're gonna be sleeping in my house, so and I do want to clarify. I am sorry about what happened. But I would like to kind of know who's going to be sleeping in my house. That's fair. My name's Marin. Hi, Marin. That's who's sleeping in your house. How are you? Feeling attacky? If any of us is going to attack anybody, history has shown it will be you to me. I feel like I'm taking the bigger risk here. Fair enough. Fair, uh, all right. Uh, how, I think he like looks up at the sky like, what am I doing? He goes, um... I think he looks out to kind of like the field in front of his house where uh, the kobolds are kind of like talking amongst themselves. How do you happen to be traveling with kobolds? The one seems very handy with magic. Uh, I'm, I'm much appreciative of how she tended to Villem. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering where you, where you picked him up. One might wonder that. Okay. I think he finishes tending to Villem and he stands up. And he kind of stretches. He goes, well, uh, I was out in the early morning um, foraging with, with Willem. So uh, I think I'm going to probably take a break before going out into town. Uh, would you like some coffee, Marin? I suppose. I'll be inside. You just uh, you let your companions know. Come on in whenever you want. He says, I think he kind of just hands on his hips, kind of like shaking his head like, what have I gotten myself into? Uh, and he walks into the house. Um, I think I finish. And I, I never stopped with Osmer. Like I was brushing Osmer and 
doing that. I think I finish up with Osmer and I go to the kobolds and I say, let's get us some coffee. And then we walk inside. No, I don't think I go to them. I think I'm walking from the stable to the house and I go, do you want coffee? And I don't turn around or look at them. I just kind of shout it and start walking to the house. Uh, yeah. And they, they follow. And inside, uh, Baston is um, preparing his coffee. He's got, uh, it's a small little cabin. It's pretty cozy. It smells wonderfully of pine, um, but also has like a little bit of a chemical smell from like the treatment of the, the witch's pine and stuff. So it kind of has like an astringent smell, like a cleaner smell almost, but it also smells like nice and, and foresty. It's kind of like a, this mix of these two aromas, the process of developing this this pine. And uh, it's pretty plain, pretty bare. Uh, it's obvious that he lives by himself. And I think like you walk into the kitchen area and then like outside the kitchen, it starts to get a little bit messier, right? Because as he's setting the mugs on his on his very small table um that is not big enough for all four of you he goes uh he goes uh i have a small guest room and um you're more than welcome to stay there for the night and um i guess uh um you'll have your run of the town today and um you're welcome to come and go as you please i i you don't owe me anything. I don't see uh, other than the room. If there's anything I can do, I guess let me know. And I, he's like pouring you your guys y'all's coffees. Why don't you tell me more about the attacker or the attack? Have there been others? Yeah, it's been happening for it must be two or three weeks now. Probably probably closer to three. Um, didn't happen to all the. Pine gatherers uh, and their sword larks. They we just go we're go out into the woods and something in the darkness. We we usually go out uh, in the very early morning when it's still dark to collect because it's um, it's the best time to collect the witch's pine. It's at most uh, it's strongest then, and the sword larks are naturally kind of uh, drawn to the early morning hours. They're they like the dark. So, you know, we, we've always done this. Never had problems quite like we have now, but it's just been attack after attack after attack. Is it always in the same place in the woods? Mm-mm. Uh, it's northeast, northeast area of the forest, but um, there have been attacks to the south. It's just anywhere in the woods where there's pine to be collected. The sword larks are getting jumped by something in the dark first we thought it might be bandits because like i said they're two look they are two-legged look almost human but they're not you can tell by the way they walk but uh nobody's gotten a good enough look to know exactly what the attackers are i'm going to choose to not be offended by the fact that you just said they don't look human and then you attacked me i'm going to choose to not be offended by that and will instead ask no one's gotten a good enough look. Who was the first person to get a look? Uh, that would be Kurgi was the first one who got attacked. And that was, yeah, I guess that was about three weeks ago. When we go into town, where might one find Kurgi? You could try the Axemaker's Fault. That's a bar in town that a lot of the 
foragers go to. You could also try Bedathu, the shrine to Bedathu. A lot of pine gatherers give a prayer to the pega there after a morning's uh, foraging, harvesting. Much obliged. I think Akreya is kind of giving you a look. And she goes, uh, Marin, I am not sure we necessarily have the time to be investigating whatever's going on in the forest. I believe we just did that. And you almost died. So perhaps we should just be on our way. I'm just staring at her. Like the teacher stare. I'm not staring at her like, what are you saying? I'm staring at her like, what are you saying? (laughs) She takes a sip of her coffee. And I just continue to stare. Nice sound effect. Mm -hmm. I'm just continuing to stare. Because we have to camp tonight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're staying here tonight anyway. So I just stare at her. Um, I think when we finish our coffee, I announce, I'll be heading into town. You are free to join me. I wait about three seconds and then I walk out the door. <laughs> uh, Sorella and Akreya follow. Um, and I think Sorella's following a little excitedly. She's still kind of like feeling kind of gross. Her, the, both of their conditions are bad, right? Yeah, they're not great. So everybody's feeling kind of rough. But uh, but Sorel is excited to join you because she's interested, and I think she um, runs up beside you, uh, and I think Bastan is like, enjoy yourself in town. I will be here, and uh, feel free to let yourself in when you're ready to hit the hay. I like throw up like a a hand or a finger in acknowledgement, but don't turn around or say anything. And I think Sorel runs up to you. And she's like, Marin, what, what do you think it is? I'm not sure yet, but my interest is piqued. Marin, I have to reiterate, I don't think that this is any of our business. We have a place to stay tonight, and we have plenty of money in our pockets. So I'm not sure what you plan on doing. Did you hear me say that I was going to do anything? But- did, did I make a promise to anyone? Did I acknowledge in any way that this was something we needed to do? All I said was that my interest was piqued. But Marin, we are going to do something, right? Like, we are going to help them, right? I walk ahead. I'm not saying anything. Marin has not decided. Uh, so where are, where are you going? We're going to go to the bar first. Okay. The crooked stable or something. The axe maker's fault. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and you you make your way through town and... Uh, I'm still muddy. Like, I haven't changed. Yeah, and it's still kind of drizzling. It's not like raining hard, but it's it's still drizzling. The The cobblestone streets are wet, and it's kind of that, that smell of a spring rain and the smell of pine uh, fills the air of these cobblestone streets as the three of you kind of walk through town. And it's... It's still pretty busy, despite it being a dreary, rainy day. People are out and about. They're they're uh, walking with their uh, animals and uh, going about their business. And there are quite a few of these big saurians, these sword larks, walking with uh, with people. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you find this uh, little red tavern, 
uh, it's got a sign in the front with an axe with a chip in it. Um, and it says the axe maker's fault on the sign. I stare at it and then I turn around and walk away. No, I'm kidding. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> I, that would be ridiculous. No, I you know I walk in. I, I found it. I walk in. Okay. Yeah, and there's a yeah. It's a it's a busy day in this bar. Uh, there's a, a couple people behind the bar and um, yeah. Yeah, I just I go straight up to the bartender. I have a coin, whatever would amount to about five dollars. Right, like a cheap beer mm-hmm. at a shitty pub would be somewhere near five dollars. Five dollars might not be enough, but it would be somewhere near five dollars. Right? I think it's ten coin for a beer. So I've got my coin, and I order a drink, and I, like, I just flat out ask the bartender, "Hey, can you tell me where Bergie? Uh, Kurgle. Kurgle. Is that right? Shit, I don't remember. I ask where that guy is." <laughs> Yeah, Kurgi. Kurgi is a mixture of the two. You, you, I, <laughs> I ask where Kurgi is. I ask where I can find him. All right. In uh, a very non-suspicious manner. Yeah, she uh, pours you a drink. You spent that 10 coin. Yep. All right, she pours you a drink. And I think she looks you up and down. And she goes, uh, why are you looking for him? I heard Kurgi. I already forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. I heard that Kurgi might be able to help me with uh, what's going on out in these woods. You what? You a hunter? Do I look like a hunter? Well, then what are you going to do to help in the woods? I'm not sure yet. You look, look like an old maid. I am an old maid. I'm looking for more information. You a witch? Do I do I look like a witch? Oh, I'm just trying to figure out how you're, you're saying you're here to help. But I, I don't, don't know if I'm here to help. I'm looking for more information. All right. She points to a table in the corner, and there is kind of an uh, older guy with a big bushy beard sitting in the corner. And I think he's looking because he heard his name. So he's like looking at you. And this bartender points over to him. I like shoot her a dirty look and get up and leave. She called me an old maid and then a witch. (laughs) Like shooting her. She... (laughs) I don't know if tipping is the norm in this culture, but she's getting the minimum amount of tip. <laughs> and I, I, I walk, I shoot her a dirty look and then I walk over to him. Can I help you? I was actually wondering if you could help me. Okay. I heard that you were the first to encounter the beast of the woods. The beast of the woods. Well, I don't, what are you calling him? Uh, yeah, I just, just calling him trouble, I guess. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I was the first one who, uh, was attacked. That's, that's right. Well, I was just hoping you could give me a little more information. What? (sighs) Well, why don't you tell me about your attack? All right. It was early in the morning. I had gone out with my sword lark, Perry, and we were out in the woods. Suddenly, these three lumbering hulks came out from behind the trees, jumped on Perry, started tearing at her feathers, broke her arm. Uh, One damn near almost snapped her neck. I was able to pull her away from him and drag her away. Uh, After I got her away, you know, they didn't chase us or anything. They just kind of attacked and disappeared back into the woods. So there were three of them? Mm-hmm. 
Have there always been three of them? Uh, no, it depends on... Everybody's kind of reported differently. Um, some people, there's only one. Some people, two or three. Uh, but it's always kind of the same. They just get you know, ambush you. And, but once you get away from them, they don't chase. They don't give chase. Um, no bite marks. Just bashing and pulling and breaking. And it's always the sword larks, never the harvesters. So not certain what what they're after or what it's after, but I guess they're trying to eat the sword larks, I guess. I don't know. Do you have any theories? You were the first attacked. You've heard all these other stories. You must have a theory. What's his, what are his stats like, I wonder? Sixes straight across, because that's very easy for you to figure out the math of. You know, that does make sense, but I'm actually going to give him a d4 and a d6. I forget that this is a game where I can roll in. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the game, I feel like most of the games we play, the GM doesn't roll. Yeah, the GM's kind of just a narrator. Except for Torchbearer. Torchbearer is the only one that we play that the GM rolls a lot. All right, let's see. We're going to say, okay, this is an evaluation test. Let's see what we get. Oh, that's literally, def by definition, a pretty good roll. Um, <laughs> he goes, uh, if I had to bet, I think that Bedathu is mad at us about something. I first got attacked about three weeks ago. A month ago, we got a new priest at the shrine. And he's a young kid, seems fine. I don't know what the problem is. But Bedathu's protected us, protected the forest for years, and we haven't had any problems. Now we get this new priest at the shrine, we start having problems. I think there's an issue at the shrine, or Bedathu's just sick of us, or something's going on. But I think Bedathu is pissed at us. It's not a bad theory. If I wanted to talk to this priest, where would I find this priest? You go to the Tower of the Pine. Surely you saw it when you came into town, it's the big old... It's the huge pine tree at the edge of town. I think I figured that out. The priests will be tended to it there. There should be two of them. There's an older gentleman. He's a good man. Maybe Zach should have thought of his name. He doesn't need a name. I, you're giving me names that I won't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. It's Anum. This is the older priest. And uh, the younger priest's name is Aurelis. And... Uh, you go there, they should be They should be at the shrine, and they can probably tell you anything you need to know. Thank you kindly. Mm -hmm. And I promptly get up and leave. I have finished my beer at this point. All right. And he says, good luck to you. And I, again, don't look, but raise my hand in some sort of acknowledgement. Like a cool kid. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for episode 14 of Heart Points, a one-to-one -one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is episode 14 of the Blood Gold campaign. How are you, my darling? I'm good. I'm well. This has been a fun adventure. 
with Marin. I'm excited to see where it continues to go. You think it's different enough from the last one? I'm worried it's too similar to the last one. What do you mean? Like the speckled bee or yeah, what's the sound? Speckled bee. Oh, I think it's different enough. I have okay. to do like investigative work. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's exciting. I'm excited to see where it goes. Man, I, I like, right? It was fun, but it's hard. It's really different. I, I feel like I'm trying to think of more different kinds of it, encounters, which I feel like I used to be good at. And now I'm worried that I've gotten like, I've gotten complacent in my dungeon crawling. I'm sorry. I'm worried about it. Well, it might just be all of those years of experience of you creating these wonderful stories and your players just taking an axe to them. Once we were, we had a puzzle door, so we just made a new door. We didn't... I wasn't we, the GM for that one. Though. I know, but <laughs> but that is a thing that we've done in the past, so why bother? Why bother making fun puzzles for us to figure out if we're just going to smash through the door? I did, I did once. I designed a whole dungeon, this like big magic dungeon with like a wizard and all this kind of like magic gear and stuff. And y'all got to the entrance of the dungeon saw that there was a magic door to get into the dungeon and we're like nah and turned around and walked away and that night i was like so disheartened with gming i was like i'm never gonna gm again (laughs) that like really that was a big blow and i think i've man that is that is a big struggle with gming is like learning to roll with the punches and i think i've gotten better but that was that was a little early on that was years ago that was like shit that was like four years ago now and i remember being like oh my god i can't do this (laughs) (laughs) i can't roll that well yeah then you know you get enough of those and you're just like all right monster monster puzzle monster 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 puzzle monster 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 you just you know because why else bother i want to watch more pokemon because pokemon actually does a really good job of what I think Ryutama does, especially like early Pokemon. We just watched all of Pokemon. Well, well, it I was say, on. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't watching it. That's true. Um, it was also in Portuguese, so I didn't understand most of what I was... It was a show you've watched before, and it's a cartoon, so it's all very animated. Yeah. But um, Pokemon has a really good job of being like... I mean, obviously, here's a group of kids traveling, and while there is combat in Pokemon, because Pokemon is about combat like there's a lot of different types of problems in pokemon that's true like the very sad story this is completely off track but the very sad story of the charmander charizard Mm -hmm. charmander Mm -hmm. what his little flame is gonna go out that's so sad was that your first time watching pokemon yeah and i saw probably three episodes of the 407 or whatever that were in that first season I didn't actually watch it. But that little Charizard episode. Charizard? Charmander. Yeah, Charmander. Charmander. It's so, a sad episode. It was really sad. It just was like a sad little like little puppy on that rock. It was sad. Yeah. It was sad. And then Ash saved the day. Good job, Ash. It's funny when you watch, uh, this is completely off track, but when you watch Pokemon in Portuguese, the Portuguese language on Netflix, they translate the word Ash and Professor Oak. Oh really? Yeah. So he wasn't. So he wasn't. Prof- like they didn't. They didn't call him Professor Oak. They called him Professor Carvalho, which is Professor Oak 
in Portuguese. They translated it. They yeah. translated Ash. They didn't call well, In some of the episodes, they called him Ash. And in some of the episodes, they called him the Portuguese word for Ash, which I cannot say. Weird. Yeah. So that means that they changed translations halfway through, which is always fun. It's Let's always see. fun when they do that. We should probably go back to not Burning Wheel. This game. Ryutama? Ryutama. Is very different from Burning Wheel. <laughs> it is very different. Do you I... want to switch to Burning Wheel? No, thank you. you I could saw switch to Burning that Wheel. book. I saw that book. No, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, most of it's just like... No, thank you. Okay. I'm having a hard enough time with this game. No, thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's return to Lawnborn. So, Marin, you exit out of the Axe Maker's Fault back into the rainy gray streets. And Akraya has her has her coat up over her head. And she's like, Marin, this very much seems like you are getting involved. I ignore her completely. And start walking towards the giant tree. Because Marin still isn't sure what she's going to do come morning. Mm-hmm. I'm just gathering information right now. You get to the tree, and this is a... So it's a huge tree, super wide around, and around the tree has been built this beautiful red and gold pavilion. People walk up to... walk into the pavilion, um, and then they walk up to the... There's like a a fence around the tree where the priests are. And you can kind of see the priests are like talking to people who are walking, who are under the pavilion. And there are these um, stacks of little silk flags and like um, pads of paper or uh, sorry, ink. They're like pen and ink at, at little stations around the pavilion. And uh, people are kind of are walking up to the priest and handing them like these flags. And the one closest to you is kind of this younger looking guy. He's got red hair that's tied up in a bun. He's got little uh, wisps of hair on his face and he's wearing this uh, red and gold robe. Um, And he is talking to... Uh, an elderly woman who who hands him a flag as the three of you walk into under this pavilion. Would I know what this flag thing is? I mean, Diana has figured it out, but would... Like, is this a typical thing or is this specific? I think that it is obvious that this is the form of offering mm-hmm. that is made to this pega. Okay. Like all pegas, you leave something, you give something, right? And it seems obvious that this is how that w- the shape that that takes. Yeah. Okay. I think I head over to the flags and the ink, and I write down an offering. What do you write? That's a very good question. I don't know yet. Is this something that is done at other shrines? Like, would I know the format of how to write this offering? Mm-hmm. Is this specific to this shrine, and I'm kind of just making it up, or is this a old slash new practice that some people do i think it's just a different practice for this particular pega um so maybe you wouldn't know exactly what to write okay um all right so i write marin offers 
some of her hope because I can't leave honey here, which is what I would normally do. So I've written my offering. I walk up to the newest priest. Hopefully by then he is not as engrossed with the older woman. Yeah, she she's walked away and he is sitting down in a chair in between like the the like an altar? No, podium, but not a podium cuz it's like the sh- the desk. Okay. It's like you know when you walk up to a bank and there's like a the the counter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's behind the counter, between the counter and the big pine tree, he's sitting in on a stool and he's got his hand and he's got his head in his hand. He's kind of just staring off into the distance. I think you see Marin like take a deep breath and just like in the smallest little ways, you see her like kind of shake herself a little. And she walks up to the priest and she goes, "What? what's made you have a long face? He kind of shakes his head. Uh, sorry? I just see you sighing over here. And was wondering what caused your long face. Akreya and Sorel are staring at you. And I think Akreya goes, Marin, what is wrong with you? I ignore her completely. Oh, um, uh, nothing. Um, do you have a, uh, an, an, uh, a flag for Bedathu? I sure do, but I'm really worried about you. Is there anything I can do to help? Has Marin ever pulled this grandma card before? No. Never. Okay. You're going to have to roll me (laughs) a spirit plus spirit check. Okay. (laughs) And did you ask, is there anything I can do to help? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a seven. I should have given you a number beforehand, but... Akraya and Sorrel are staring at you like you are, like you are possessed. Um, but this, this young man is just kind of like, oh, um, no, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Um, mine is just, just elsewhere. Uh, would you like me to, to take your offering? And she kind of like leans in close and the offering is in her hand and she kind of puts her hands on her hips and she goes, you know. If you're tired, I've got a really good elixir. Helps me put me right out at night. You'd almost think I was dead. I was sleeping so good. If you want, I can bring you some. I am so... (laughs) (laughs) You just seem tired. I just thought I would help. No, no, I'm fine, miss... um... Oh, Marin. You can call me Marin. Miss Marin, I'm 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 fine, really. Uh, you know, just just thinking. Uh, but but please. And then I hand over the offering, and I go. Well, if you if you change your mind, just you know, let me know. I'll stop by again and see if I can help you. You just I'm so worried about these young priests. This is hard work. I want to make sure that you're okay. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, and he turns. Um, and he kind of. He pulls a pin out of like a little jar and sticks it onto the tree with all of these other prayer flags. Oh, I meant to ask this. The other prayer fa- flags, do mm. they look new or or are some of them pretty old? 
You know what? Why don't you give me a spirit intelligent test? Okay. Seven. Some of them look new and some of them look old. Like really old? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it looks like some of them have started to get like fuzzy with mold. Like some of the really old ones have started to get fuzzy with mold. Um, they've started to kind of like fall apart. The ink is like seeping into the bark. And then there's kind of like there's some and those ones are really low on the tree or maybe really high on the tree. Like they look out of the way mm-hmm. and they've kind of gotten gross. And then there's like spots on the tree bark and then there's like newer ones there's newer flags how does the health of the tree look near some of these moldy spots the the tree branches look a little dull and there's like it the the pine needles are a little browner overall the tree is looking very healthy but there is like there's mold and you can see like there's some mushrooms growing on some of the bark Mm -hmm. near some of these like really old pine or some of these really old prayer flags yeah okay um and you said there was a pavilion is there a way to like walk around yep the ch- okay so i do that yeah you walk around and there's there's a very uh on the other side of this of this huge tree and i would say it's i'm so bad at scale but it is a very large tree to the point that like if you are on one side looking at Aurelis, you cannot see the other priest on the other side. Got you it. have to like walk around a little ways. Yeah. Okay. Um, to get to the other side. Got it. And see the other priest and the uh, uh, older priest whose name is Anum. He is much older. Uh, his eyes are kind of squinty, uh, and you can t- tell he can't see very well. He's got like big round. Uh, you know how when you get really old, you get baby cheeks again. Yeah. He's got like big old baby cheeks and he's all wrinkly. He's got a really furrowed brow and his eyebrows are really long and white. And he's kind of, he's just, he's standing at the desk very attentively. I mean, you know why old people get baby cheeks again, right? It's because they have no teeth. Yeah, it's because of uh, their teeth. Yeah. He, Adam's just kind of, he's sitting, he's standing there with his hands folded, just kind of looking out. So I walk up to the older priest and say... Hello, my name is Marin. Oh, hello. He, he kind of like, he looks in your direction. And his eyes are still kind of squinty. He goes, hello, Marin. Do you have a, a, a prayer, a prayer fra- flag for me? Oh, I, I've already done that. I was just wondering, have you been a priest here long? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been a priest here for 50 years. Wow, you must have some stories to tell within that time. Bethu is a great pega who's looked after Lonborn for a long, long time. So, what are your thoughts on what's going on in town? Hmm. What? What are What are your thoughts about what's going on in town? Town is a lovely town. Lonborn is a lovely town. Mm. Has Longborn always been a, what is it, pine sap? Pine. Which is pine. Which is pine. Has Which it a- is pine and lumber. Yes, Longborn has always relied on the pine forest for its safety and survival, which is why Bedethu, the Tower of the Pine, is such a grand beggar for us, and that is why we have always tended 
to him. Do you have a prayer flag for Bedathu? I already gave it to you. You don't remember? Oh, oh no. Oh. You have, you'll have to forgive me. That That is okay. Have a great day, priest. Have a wonderful day, young lady. And then I sort of walk away. Mm-hmm. And I, I leave. Except I don't. I want to spy on the new priest. <laughs> just kind of like if I could sit at a patio seat and just kind of watch him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not trying to be creepy about it. But. Yeah. I, I think you sit down. Um, I'm trying to... Do you think there's... Do you think there are benches inside the pavilion or outside the pavilion? I want to sit outside of the pavilion. Okay. So you find like a bench that's outside of the pavilion that's in the rain and it's drizzling on you and Sorel and Sorel sits down next to you and she's like, Marin, are, are we on it? What do you think? You think that the, he's up to something? You think that he's up to something? Summoning evil magics, you think? I, I don't know. No, I just think this is all very weird and it has piqued my interest. As I said before. Yes, Marin, you keep saying this has piqued your interest, but I still fail to see how it is important to what we are doing. How is anything important to what we are doing? This is a part of our journey. I'm merely wasting some time. We can't leave tonight anyway. What harm is this? Well, Marin, we are sitting in the rain. You wanted to be an adventurer. This is part of being an adventurer. I didn't want to be an adventurer. And as you're sitting there, you see Aurelis is kind of, he's sitting on that stool again with his hand in his, with his head in his hand. And he's kind of just <sighs> looking forlorn. Um, and occasionally somebody will come up and hand him a prayer flag and he'll kind of just turn around and, and pin it on. And uh, I think you see... Anum is kind of like moving around the tree branch a little bit. Like you, you can't see him much, but every once in a while you'll see a glimpse of his robe as he's like coming over to like one side of the tree tree trunk. Mm-hmm. But Aurelis kind of just sits there, takes a flag, sits there. And I think you hear Marin say, like mainly to herself, like, "Isn't that weird? Why is the older priest walking around and the younger priest sitting?" Isn't that odd? Again, she mainly said it to herself. Akreya is like, perhaps the young priest is not happy with his duties. We would see this at time to time with the hive priests. They, we would get a young priestess who didn't care for her duties, who didn't want to be a priest. It doesn't seem to me like the boy has much passion. All my voices are starting to blend together. <laughs> How late is it? Like, what time of day would you say it is? Is it dinner time? No. It's like 3 p.m., I think. Okay. Do you want to give me a give me a strength dexterity test? Do I still have my bonus from last time? Uh, Yeah, that lasts the day. Mm-hmm. 12. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. No, I lied. I, I rolled a percentile. It says one ten, one zero is actually a one, not a ten. Correct? Yes. Okay. So then I rolled a three. Okay. I I, I rolled the wrong die. So I think 
you wait there for, well, how long do you wait there? I'm not going to wait there very long. I'm just kind of observing. I would say no more than an hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think as you wait, it, it's just kind of the same thing on repeat. Yeah. Uh, Aurelis isn't super excited about his job while Anum kind of goes about his business on his side of the tree. I think we head back to the Woodmaker's Axe Fault <laughs> Bar <laughs> Tavern. I'm looking for somewhere to eat. Mm-hmm. I know that place, so I'm going there. Yeah, uh, you head back to the Axe Maker's Fault. I, okay, I'm never going to remember that. It's too many words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And and you're going to order something to yeah, eat? Yeah, we're just going to order something to eat. All right. Some I think, good food. I think you sit down, put in your order... And uh, as... How much coin is that? For all three of you, that is 15 gold. All right. And as the three of you are sitting around eating, Sorel kind of looks up and she goes, so what do you think, Marin? What are, what are we going to do? I think we're going to have a good meal. We're going to sleep somewhere dry tonight. And in the morning, we're going to head out on our way. Akraya nods a little bit as she's eating. And then I think she goes, there is something wrong with the young priest. And I look at her and I go, I know. <sighs> I think we should tend to it. I also know. I'm glad you finally see it my way. I want to change how I delivered that. Mm-hmm. I think I'd said all of that under my breath in between like turkey bites or whatever I'm eating. Mm-hmm. I said all of it under my breath and have not acknowledged her at all. Uh, she goes, it is wrong to allow a pega to suffer, and I fear that Bedathu, the tower, is suffering. I think the old man was right. I look at Akraya, and I go, what do you suggest we do? The young boy did not seem to want to share his problems with Marin, the kind grandmama. So perhaps he would be more willing to share his problems with Marin, the Wyvern Slayer. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Rayutomo was designed by Atsuhiro Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski. You can find more at kotohi.com. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, without whom the show would not get made. If you didn't hear me drinking seltzer or hear our goblin making goblin noises, thanks, Zach B. We also want to thank In Love with the Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with the Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts. And make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. 
Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by Sid Helgestad and Nicholas Harvey. The powerful Pega Nicholas is well known as the calculating Warden of the Rose, whose shrine is adorned with bowls of fresh fruit and bouquets of flowers. Thank you so much for your support, Sid and Nicholas. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, very, very nice one.